what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome back to My Dad Watches The Bachelor. I'm Meredith, and I'm here with my co-host, my dad. Hey, Meredith. We're doing another season of this, apparently. Yeah, you know, we already established that, I think, in our first two preseason episodes, but I'm glad that you've caught up with us. We are here with a new season. We're here to watch Clayton fall in love. Well, it doesn't really hit me until I actually have to sit through the first two-hour episode. Yeah, I I enjoyed last night's episode. I think I usually enjoy night one, getting to meet all the new women, seeing how terribly wrong my picks are. It's a good time. I, I To me, this must be a very difficult night for all these people, you know, you know it's, including poor Clayton the Bachelor. Not poor Clayton the Bachelor. I mean, he's got 30-odd women chasing after them. I suspect many men would like to be in his situation. But just this whole night of, of drama and trying to re- – I'm, I'm bad with names, how he remembers these names. I keep thinking that part of the reason that someone goes home is just – I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. So I can't give you a rose because I can't say, Meredith, here's a rose. I think I'm most impressed with how put together everyone still looks by the next morning during the rose ceremony. Like everyone still looks very nice. You know, no one looks like they didn't, no one looks like they just stayed up all night. I think that if I stayed up all night, I would look like a zombie. I wonder if anyone's, they never show pictures of someone falling asleep on the couch. You know, I guess that would be embarrassing. You have to, you have to avoid that. Yeah, I guess that's why people get drunk to try and stay awake. Didn't didn't really work out for our girl Claire though. It, I think she might have been overserved. Just a little. Yeah. So I, I know we're going to get into it, but uh, I I had a couple of initial thoughts on our new host Jesse Palmer. Who, nice. That's actually my first high of the night. Well, I, I I don't know if I can. I, I'm not that high on Jesse Palmer, but I, maybe it takes some time for these hosts to grow on me. But um, he started off the program by saying that he was The Bachelor a long time ago, and now he's happily married. Now, I'm going to assume that he is not happily married to someone he met on The Bachelor. Is that a correct assumption or not? That's fair to assume. I believe there are only three bachelors who are still currently with someone from the show. And that includes Jason Mesnick, who is who married his runner-up, not who he picked. Now, Jesse also said, as I guess when, when Clayton came out and they're getting ready to meet the girls coming out of the limousines, he said, so many men have ha- met their soulmate on this exact spot. Again, I question that. I'm not so sure that many men have actually met their soulmate on that exact spot. So I'm questioning that. And I also got a little chuckle when Jesse said, told Clayton that he's going to have his back. And I just felt, tell that to the fans of the New York Giants. I don't think that they ever felt that Jesse really had their back. I don't think he was that successful a professional quarterback. But anyway, those were my initial Jesse Palmer thoughts. Well, my initial Jesse Palmer thoughts was that I enjoyed him as a host. It just felt more official. And as much as I love Tasha and Caitlin, it just seems like more back to normal with someone who's hosted before. Like it just, it doesn't seem as like, not childish. I don't know. There's just something different about it that 
it feels more professional now. Not, not a lot of giggly girl sort of stuff going on there. I mean, uh, Jesse, Jesse's taking this very seriously. He does seem like a Chris Harrison uh, knockoff. Yeah, I do think it would have been interesting to see Tasha and Caitlin being all giggly with Clayton and how he would have handled that. Well, what what what, the, what what were your highlights? What stood out for you on on the first night there? We we have all these entrances of young ladies coming in from limousines. Well, I think my three highlights all come from the entrances. First, I really like Susie's. She did a firm handshake instead of a hug, and then had one of those like shocker things on her hand so that they could feel the electricity between the two of them. I thought that was funny. And I also, I'm a big Susie fan at this point. I liked Kate's entrance because she, this was, this is the girl from the Oppenheim group that I picked as my first impression rose. She did not get it, but she told Clayton something about taking her nips and then pulled two mini bottles out of her dress for them to take shots of. And then lastly, this was going to be a low, but it turned into a high was Rachel's entrance. She used Holly, the 60-something-year-old woman, as her quote-unquote wing woman since Rachel is a pilot. But it was also like a pretty cheesy way for ABC to advertise their senior bachelor show if they ever do that. Which, which you had to remind me of, and I, sus- and I think you've told me about this before, where they're, they're thinking about it. Maybe we've seen the advertising for it. Yeah, before, they say that they're casting for it. Yeah, we're with with a senior bachelor show, which sounds like such a horrible idea. And and I I will say that when when uh, Holly the wing woman came in, for some reason I was I just jumped to the assumption that some somebody brought their mother or grandmother to help uh, make the introduction, which didn't sound like a smart thing to do either. Yeah, do you just not like the senior bachelor because you're you could be technically a senior bachelor that you are in that age range now. I don't really like to think about that. You know, uh, I, I, I just, I, I think the sad truth of the matter is that if this program has whatever success this program has is because it has attractive young people running around on it, attractive men, attractive women. And I'm just not sure you can make that work. Uh, with a senior bachelor sort of type program. I guess it, it might have to be a little bit more intellectual, which seems like uh, not a good fit for the franchise. Yeah, I think it'd be uncomfortable to see like 60-year-olds have all this petty drama. I agree. And, you know, and let's leave it at that. Yeah, so listeners, I think that you can take this as we will not be podcasting if the senior bachelor ever makes an appearance. Correct, correct. <laughs> So, All right. What are your highs? Well, you know, I'm uh, mine. You, you might classify these a little differently than I. Um, I I was amused by uh, Clayton first the first rose that he tries to give out to Sally, whose occupation is um, uh, what uh, just engaged. I think is her occupation. Uh, and is rejected, you know. So I just found that amusing in different ways. Of Clayton, what are you doing? I think you're a big lug. You know, you're about to meet uh, thirty girls. History tells us that generally they're going to be 
interesting, attractive, and the first one that jumps off the rack, you're going to give a rose to. Come on, Clayton, calm down there. So I, I found I found that amusing. You might classify it as something else. I uh, I also was amused by the the by the girls toasting each other in the limo uh, in a very friendly type manner when we know even without seeing the previews, that at some point they're going to try to kill one another and scratch each other's eyes out. And, and at the end of the night, they're also, one of them says, I don't know which one, uh, they were toasting the, the ladies that were still left there as the most beautiful and supportive women they've ever met in their life. That's, that's funny. <laughs> it's not going to work out that way. But I thought it was pretty funny. I thought that was so weird. Like, at the, I don't remember a time when the contestants start really toasting at the end. Usually, like the lead toasts, that's it. And then it seemed like everyone started wanting to make a toast. And it was very ironic that they're toasting to like the most supportive group of women. And then we cut right into the trailer for the season of them screaming at each other and crying. Like lots of crying. And it, anyway, um, I, I have a bad sense of humor. I'm sorry. It was amusing. That's fair. And I, I did. I I was impressed that uh, Clayton took care of his business with Claire, who was the one that was overserved. We assume. Uh, and after having a little interaction with uh, Clayton, starts wandering around uh, the room, basically saying uh, she didn't have a connection and she hates Clayton. <laughs> what a wacko! I, I have things to say about Claire later on. Okay. Well, that's that's pretty much all the highlights I've got. Okay. My lows, they're just they're like small little things that I noticed throughout the show. First, Teddy being a virgin. You know, to each their own, whatever. We don't have to get into this to the, you know, sex of it all. I've been told to keep it classy. But I don't want to deal with this storyline again. And obviously Clayton likes Teddy. She got the first impression, Rose. He doesn't know that she's a virgin. So it seems at this point a strong likelihood that Teddy could make it to the fantasy suites and this is going to be a whole storyline again all season and she's going to freak out because she's a virgin. We've been there. We've done that. I, I don't need it again. Well, didn't didn't we see like in the, in, in the beginning of the show when we're meeting these various uh, young ladies that she's sitting around with her family and basically says – if I get invited to the fantasy suite, I'm going. You know, yeah. Yeah. So she's. She said she was just waiting to be in love. She's not waiting for marriage. And, you know, if she does make it to the fantasy suites, we have seen that Clayton loves all of the top three and that he's intimate with two of them. Uh, spoiler alert there, but that's that's been all over the previews the whole time they've been doing this. Yes. So I, you know, Teddy seems like a nice girl and. I hope that if she does make it, she doesn't sleep with Clayton. I hope she's the one that doesn't get intimate with him because that would be a crappy way to lose the V card. Well, I, I will say that uh, when Teddy was sitting on the couch talking with Clayton, the mom walked in while she was on and said, look at that dress, which was pretty much um, riding up to her, her hip at that point in time. And I said, yeah, she's the virgin. And your mom said, she's not a virgin. And I said, well, she's saying she's a virgin. So uh, anyway, we had that. I did not notice that. Okay, next low. The first girl who got out of the limo, don't even remember her name, talking about how she went to Clemson. 
Like, do we really need to bring that into The Bachelor? I just keep it, keep that nastiness away. That that was Sarah. I made note of that as well, just to poke you with it, since you're a proud graduate of the University of South Carolina. But uh, yeah, you you you're not a pro Clemson person. No, but you know the, the University of South Carolina does have a better football team than the University of North Carolina. Don't go there, okay? <laughs> All right. The one girl in her moon shoes, we talked about this last week. I don't remember what the shoes were called, but we called it that she was going to show up with those shoes. I do not know if she made it through night one, though, because I don't even know her name. That was Molina, and I think that she did make it through night one, but no doubt she was definitely hocking the shoes. So uh, um, other than jumping around on shoes, I'm not sure she made that much of an, an impression. Next was a 33-year-old, I think it was Jane, your first impression, Rose, pick, calling herself vintage. I'm only 26, and that's, you know, if I do my math correctly, seven years away from me. But I don't feel like I want to think of myself as vintage in seven years. I don't like that. I, I don't blame you, and considering I'm significantly older than that, and I'm... I'm not sure I'm prepared to call myself vintage quite yet. I think you would be a step past whatever vintage is. I would be a step past that? Well, if 33 is vintage, you know, you're over 20 years past that. You might be going to visit the grandpa soon, and, and he's in his 80s. What do, we, what do we qualify him as? That's multiple steps past vintage. Well, I'll, According I'll, to Jane, you know, but she seems very wrong to me. Okay. What else you got? My last low... I believe her name's Hunter, making an entrance with a snake. I just wrote, absolutely not. You and I are not snake people. Um, You know, if she tried to sit next to me on the couch with that snake, you know, things would be happening. And that's disgusting. Why would you want a snake in the Bachelor Mansion? Why did Clayton keep her? I I have no idea. Um, You know, for the record, I am kind of petrified of snakes. I mean, that's... uh something I really try to avoid. And, you know, and I, I wonder, is it appropriate to bring any pet onto the show uh, that's not sure. invited? Dogs. Like, very I, cute. I, dogs are very cute, but I'm not sure you're supposed to bring them. Let, let's talk first dates here. You know, are you bringing your dog in the first date unannounced? I don't, you have to like say, Hey, is it okay if I bring my dog? I think depending on the first date where it is, if some guy brought a dog, I wouldn't hate it. Well, if you're going for a walk in the park, okay. If you're going out for a drink, probably you're you're not supposed to bring the dog. There's definitely been a season on The Bachelor. Couldn't tell you which one that a girl brought her own dog, and Chris Harrison had to like walk it around the Bachelor Mansion for a while for a little a little bit that he did. Okay, but way better than a snake. At least dogs are like universally universally liked. I, I just. Yeah, definitely. You know, I I thought it was a real nutcase move to bring a snake onto the show, and and I don't really even see how she explained why she was bringing a snake. You know, somebody is going to drive in the old car and say, "I'm vintage." Okay, I you know, uh, did you she, feel the electricity with the little the handshake? I understand, but what's the snake supposed to? She symbolize? said something about she she said something where she changed the word "kiss" to be "hiss." That's I think that's a real reach. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, she was on my list of low lights and, and bad things. Yeah. Okay. What other lows do you have? 
Well, I, I put Clayton down as having a low life for when we first got introduced to Clayton. Uh, he talked about why he was the bachelor and had such an insignificant amount of airtime in the previous show, but now he's a bachelor. And he said, I truthfully believe in this process. I know it works. Why would you say such a thing like that? It hardly ever works. And it just didn't work for you. And then he says, I'm just a Midwestern guy who doesn't like the spotlight. He's sitting on a throne of lies. I don't, uh, I, I'm not sure I want to make a poor claim. Maybe he got to hang out with Michelle and Nate some after Michelle's season and saw how happy they were together and thinks it works because of that. I'm not sure about the spotlight thing. That does seem a bit throne of lie-ish. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. You know, I don't like the spotlight, but give me the biggest one that I can get on ABC, please. So I, I also, I wasn't a big fan of Samantha, who enters in a bubble bath. You know, I just don't know how that works for the rest of the evening. I, and I'm not sh- She said she was going to go inside and get changed. Okay, well, I didn't, I didn't see her sitting around in a bikini, but you know, it just sort of seemed very strange that I'm going to come in in a bubble bath and it's going to be cold maybe. Do I get a towel? You know, they were blocking out. Well, she uh, got the black box. She got on the her black booty. box. I, I wasn't a big fan of that. So, uh, And in all seriousness, I think one of the real concerning parts of this show is at the end when they're doing the rose ceremony, a young lady, Tessa, is on camera, uh, you know, sweating out that uh, she's not going to get a rose, she might not get a rose, and she's just feeling so inadequate and in compared to the other people in the room, and it just feels so high school, mean girlish, and she, how we're comparing people in this sort of way, and it just felt very, very sad and awkward. So I felt bad for Tessa, who did get the last rose, I think. I don't know, but uh, it just uh, I think it just spoke to this whole uncomfortable, awkward process. Yeah, but if you go on the show and you get sent home night one, I think that's so humiliating because you can't tell anyone and everyone's going to be excited that you're on the show and then everyone's going to watch you getting sent home night one. I think the only thing worse is getting maybe like a hardcore villain edit and the whole country hating you. Just made me sad. So I, I, I felt bad for Tessa and, and the other girls with perhaps the exception of Claire who got what she deserved. Um, so. Anyway. All right. Well, let's talk about right reasons. Okay. I have two. Okay. First is Teddy, the Virgin with her first kiss, first impression rose, she seemed very genuine and sweet to me. Like, I I think that she really likes Clayton. I'm not sure why, but she seems very into him. Like, she just seems sincere. And I like that about her. She seems very young and innocent. I don't know if that's just because we know she's a virgin. But I like that about her. Well, well she seemed to be very enchanting to, to Clayton, uh, you know, and, and – they really did seem to have a good conversation and connect as well as people can connect in these five to 10 minute conversations that they might be having. Um, 
And, and I think she sort of, to me, sort of came out of the blue in reading, in reading our paragraph bios. I didn't see her as really being a contender, but uh, uh, I could, I, she'll certainly be around for a while. I don't know if she'll be around in the end, but. Uh, to be fair, the first impression rose from a bachelor is usually a kiss of death. You're not going to make it to, to the end. Well, well, we'll see. My Any, second right reason. Yes. My girl, Claire. Yeah. She, she knows that Clayton is too nice of a guy. She doesn't want to be with America's sweetheart. You know, he doesn't like the right type of wings. Can't play cornhole very well. She knows herself and she knows what she wants. And I think it is kind of ridiculous that every season we go in expecting that all 30 of these women are going to be head over heels for the same guy. Like, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often that a girl's like, yeah, we just don't vibe. Like, I'm not into him at all. And I think that, you know, it's impressive that she's willing to say, granted, she's probably pretty drunk. She seemed a little out of it, but that she's willing to vocalize that and give up the opportunity to stay on the show, get more followers, make more money on Instagram, the whole shebang, just because she knows that she's not into Clayton. Yeah, I, I, I accept that. I, I, I agree with you in terms of uh, someone making a quick decision that they, they uh, aren't going to connect. I, I, I wonder if any of these people can actually make a determination of whether they're going to connect or not connect in, this, in these small exchanges that they're having. I, I think the way they played this game there is, you know, hey, he's a handsome guy. Maybe I'm going to connect with him. I certainly want to stay around and go to some exotic locations. So I'll play the game for a while. You know, can, I, I understand what you're saying. I think that Claire was more overserved than than thinking about, uh, you know, I'm, I don't I don't want to be here, but uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I think, you know, it could have been handled probably without saying she hated him so many times. But there's also part of me that wonders maybe she was worried that Clayton thought it was a pretty uncomfortable experience between the two of them, too. And she's like, I'm going to reject him before he gets a chance to reject me. I think that might have been a possibility as well. You know, it's probably for the best. Claire, I remember, is a single mother. So as you know, humiliating as it'll be for her son to watch this back one day. At least she wasn't away from him for too long. Well, for, I, for in a similar vein, I put right reason uh, for Sally, the uh, the person that uh, was just engaged, who uh, took way too long, and I don't really understand why she had to. Uh, come and meet Clayton to tell her this. I mean, she's just going to leave. But basically she was uh, came to Clayton, said, hey, I'm having a difficult time. I was supposed to get married today or whenever the shooting began. Uh, I don't think I should be here, but I wanted to say hello. Dumb Clayton actually offers her a rose uh, before he meets any of the other ladies. But uh, she ultimately realizes that she shouldn't be there, doesn't take it, and leaves. So good for Sally. You don't look convinced. Uh, Sally's my wrong reason of the episode. Well, then then you go. So granted, I I did hear whispers of Sally while filming was starting. And so I told you beforehand, don't pick Sally for your top four. Because I knew that she was not here for a long time. Um, 
so she was supposed to her wedding was supposed to be the night before night one is what I gathered but she called off her engagement because of a lack of trust and to me that seems like something that you would probably need to take more time for yourself to get over before throwing yourself into The Bachelor. But then it gets worse because I was like, okay, I know I've heard stuff about this. Let me let me go back and read what I'd heard. So based on my research, she was at her bachelorette party a month before the show started filming. So a month before the show started filming, she was still planning on getting married. And she called off her wedding like a week after her bachelorette party. So it was like, three weeks before the show started filming, and then she goes on the show. There were a lot of rumors that she called off her wedding just so that she could go on the show. And I think that the news of this all broke before filming started, and she knew that if she stayed, she would just look like – she would just look terrible. And it would come out that this was – you know, she broke off her engagement so she could go on The Bachelor and get famous, blah, blah, blah. So – To me, that's a big wrong reason. And she didn't even stay on the show. She couldn't even follow through. Yeah, you're going to be a villain, but you'll still get famous. And she broke off her engagement for nothing, didn't go on The Bachelor. It's just, it's wrong reasons all around for Sally. All right. Well, you've done some research and and you make a compelling case. Uh, I'm glad glad that she wised up and didn't stay. So... um, but she shouldn't have been there in the first place. No, she should not have been there in the first place. Now, of course, I see the wrong reason as Clayton for trying to give her a rose pretty much sight unseen and trying to convince her to stay on the show when he's got a bevy of other ladies who he's not even yet met. He's got one coming in who says that, um, you know, uh, I think I should leave and you're the one I want to keep. Come on, Clayton, wise up. You've got a, uh, you, you've got 30 other doors here to, to walk through. Let the one leave that wants to leave. He's like a, a small child, you know. He's been given one lollipop that is there in front of his face, and he knows that when he gets home, he has 30 other lollipops he can choose from. But this lollipop is here now, and so he wants this lollipop because this is a hot flavor lollipop. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is what Clayton is doing. He said, you are in front of me now, and you are attractive. I want you here. I don't know what anyone else looks like, but you, okay. I know. I know I'm into you. That's right. You know, in all likelihood, the other 30 girls will be unattractive, so I better hold on to this one. Yeah. They're all, they're all going to be the mystery dum-dum flavors, but this one is a blue raspberry. It'll be like that Harry Potter thing uh, with, uh, with, with the... But every flavored beans. Yeah, those sort of things. Sometimes you're going to get a vomit one. <laughs> yeah, but Sally, she was not vomit. She was That's buttered right. popcorn. That's right. All right. <laughs> okay. My MVP of the episode is Clayton. I, you know, I do think that he's a small child with his lollipops and... He's a, big, he's a big child. He's like 6'4", 250. But, you know, I think that you and I had expectations of the type of women that he would go for. And he has a very different group of front runners than I expected. So I like that he's surprising me. You know, we kind of thought he's going for those little blondes. And he doesn't really have any little blondes in what I would think is like his top four right now. I would say right now it seems to me like 
Teddy, Rachel, Susie, and maybe Genevieve. None of who are blonde. Which one was the pilot? Rachel. Okay. Wasn't she blonde? Mm, Not really. Not a real blonde. Well, she seemed blonde enough. She had some blonde, but it was mostly brunette to me. Okay. She wasn't like the the bleach blonde type of girl. So I, you know... I don't love Clayton as a bachelor. I also think that there will be many times this season I accidentally call him Colton, but he is, he wouldn't be my first pick, but I, he, some things I'm like, okay, maybe you're not as bad as I thought you would be. And, and I think his group of front runners seems good right now. So I was impressed. Yeah, and, and that's fine if you want to make him the, the MVP and I'm sure he'll have his ups and downs. I, I, I did keep wondering as I'm watching the show, is there, has he really done anything to deserve to be in this position? Um, you know, which we can debate whether it's a good position to be in or a bad position to be in, but he's got, you know, 30 ladies chasing after him. You know, he's, I guess he's a handsome guy. He's, uh, I, I suspect when he takes his shirt off, he's going to look more handsome because he's probably pretty well ripped. Um, but he seems like a nice guy, but a sort of an average big lug. I, and I've told you before, that's the type of guy that they go for as a bachelor lead. You know, we need a vanilla, you know, muscular man, and we're going to let the women bring the drama. Well, from, from what we're seeing in our previews, there's going to be a lot of drama coming our way. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into some fatherly advice, I would like to do a little catch up on our picks from last episode. Okay. Um, you know, we we both lost people from our top four. We both lost Haley, and you also lost Rihanna. So you are down to two, and I have three. And I also lost my villain pick, Ivana, the lovely bar mitzvah dancer, which was a shame. And your first impression rose, Jane, went home. So we we really lost a lot night one. I don't know if this we've lost this much in in a night one before. We, we did, although the, the two that I've got left, Susie and Rachel, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling pretty good about them. I think I don't know how long they'll be there, but they're going to be there a while, I think. Yeah, I feel good about Susie and Rachel, too. My other, I have Susie, Gabby, and Elizabeth. I'm not so sure about Gabby and Elizabeth, but whatever. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and and I, I it looks like maybe Sheena, Shana might be the Shanae. best. Shanae is going to be the best villain candidate. It looks like to me. I don't know. That's what it looks like to me as well. Shanae, we see her stealing some trophy and throwing it and yelling at people. She seems yeah. like she could be a lot. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. Of, yeah, I mean, you know, Claire would have been a good villain, but I don't think getting kicked on night one, uh, I think you're you're not going to be qualified as a villain for that. Yeah. All right. Some fatherly advice to wrap us up. So a few things. Number one, don't you don't wander around a show like this telling everyone you hate the guy that you're supposed to be dating because it's going to get back to them. And to me, this just sort of reminds me of reminding you and our listeners of if you're going to send an email or leave a voicemail, assume the person that you want the least to read it or hear it is going to. So before you hit send, before you leave that angry voicemail, just be thinking about that because the person that you think is never going to see it is probably going to see it. Second thing, don't bring snakes on the first date. Don't bring snakes on any date. 
get rid of the snakes. No more snakes. They're good for killing rats, but I don't want to see them. And finally, my grandmother, your great-grandmother, used to say, why would you buy the cow when you get the milk for free? Which one of the girls also said is, I think Kira, the doctor from Philadelphia, shows up in a doctor's coat, uh, barely covering her lingerie. Um, don't wear lingerie on the first date. Well, if you do, make sure that you've got a lot of other clothes over it. But uh, be careful about giving, uh, keep some mystery. Don't give it away too quickly, okay? Okay, Dad. That's okay. great. <laughs> All right, well, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to comment, rate, and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'd like to thank The Mesh for producing our wonderful podcast and our producer, Moose. Thanks for always listening to us talk about The Bachelor. I know you love the show. So that's all we've got for today. Join us next time to hear about the first dates of Clayton Seasons from the right perspective and my dad's. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.